make sure that my body is getting what my body needs to get. I'm the one who needs to have boundaries. I'm the one who needs to call in support. And, you know, really think that that is key for so many of us. We are so self-sufficient. We are so used to doing things on our own. We are so used to being trailblazers and leaders and it can feel like we're um, not as strong or failing if we ask for help. There is literally no way I could have got through the last few years without learning how to ask for help and recognizing that people really genuinely want to give it. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. As you may know, last year I lost my dad to terminal cancer. And so this year running a business while grieving has been very different. And I've tried to share bits and pieces of that journey. And yet I feel like it's important that we have this conversation around it because so many people are going through a loss, are experiencing grief on different levels. And so talking about this is a great way for us to work out how to navigate it. And grief is one of those funny things that just doesn't go away and you just learn to grow around it and continue to live. And so running a business while your grieving can be really hard and often one that doesn't get talked about. So I've asked my beautiful friend, Lisa Cordoff to come and join me to talk all about navigating grief and running a business. Lisa lost her husband and the father of her children back in 2019, and then went through the COVID lockdowns in Melbourne as a solo parent, as well as having her biggest year in business while grieving the loss of her husband. Today on the episode, she shares all about the unexpected gifts of grief, the evolution of yourself through the journey of grieving, the small things that helped get her through, the waves of grief and how to ride them, and the key things to set up in your businesses to support yourself. It's such a powerful episode, and I'd love to introduce you to the beautiful Lisa. Today on the podcast, I've invited the beautiful Lisa Cordoff to come and talk to us about dealing with grief and running a business while experiencing grief. I think this is such an important topic to talk about because it doesn't really get talked about and yet everyone goes through stages of grief and different experiences within their life. And so I have been following Lisa for quite a long time now and, and seeing her share so openly about her experience over the last few years has been quite empowering and also helping me then go through my grief experience after losing my dad last year. It, when I thought about doing an episode like this, Lisa came to mind first up. So I wanted to welcome you to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. I know that this is a big topic and I think it's one of those things that you just don't know what you actually did to get through it. And I think it's one of those things with grief is that it doesn't ever go away. Like I think that sometimes people think that, you know, you experience a certain thing and then the world moves on and we don't. <laughs> And I think that sometimes it can be this big topic to talk about and yet people feel a lot of hesitation around talking about it. So I would love for you just to give us a little bit of background and just for, for that to begin with, and then we'll dive into how we run a business while we're doing all of these things. Yes, sure. So, um, and it's funny, even just hearing you say that, you know, I know we're talking about grief and, and death 
Um, but there's also lots of different types of grief. And I guess mine started before a death. And I actually found that harder with my business. Um, so for the background, it was actually um, my husband who died. We had been separated for about seven months um, before he died, but he was struggling with uh, alcohol addiction. And um, and so the lead up to what was going on uh, was brutal and I have a business that he was actually an active participant in so uh, I started my business well the Facebook page started in 2012 and I was sharing whole foods recipes and I I launched my first e-course in 2014 and it was called small steps to whole foods very very much a um, reflecting the the stage of life I was at at that time, which was the mum of three young kids uh, and, you know, just trying to do her best to feed them. Um, and so Nick was a really, really big part of my brand. Uh, you know, all the all the branding shoots were family shoots. He created his own e-course um, called Small Steps to Fermenting. He was a really, really big part of you know in my stories he we do Facebook lives together we do you know cooking competitions in the kitchen it was it was not only the fact that he was my partner and I'm a woman in business it was that he was also a part of it yeah wow I didn't realize that yeah yeah I mean he was an aerospace engineer by day but you know I mean this was I was sharing you know videos of us trying to figure out how to feed our kids and uh he loved cooking and you know he he appeared in in small steps to whole foods i think he did the omelet video when we had omelet day eggs day like he was a really big part of it so my audience knew him mm. felt like they knew him you know as much as people can and um and so in 2017 when he when things really started to go a bit pear-shaped and we started this road of recovery uh we actually began a I started recording things we thought we might create a documentary about recovery knowing that but at that time really believing that he was going to choose sobriety and find and we'd find our way through this but none of it was shared publicly so my life was kind of falling apart in the background and what addiction does for anyone who's ever loved someone who struggles with addiction is you lose them you're losing them slowly they're choosing something else and mm. there is so much grief involved in that so at that stage of my business I kept showing up it was a great escape for me it was a place where I could go into my business show up for people, bring positivity and light and uh, and lessons that they didn't know where I was getting the lessons from, but we were all sort of on a journey together and it worked for a while. <clears throat> but um, then in at the start of 2019, we separated and he left the house and moved into a um, a sober house for six months. And um, I mean, that was 
grief. Anyone who has experienced a marriage that ends knows grief because mm-hmm. even if it's something you choose, you are, you, you, you're going through that stage of like, this is what I thought life was and now what? This is what it is. Same as when you lose someone um, when they die, you kind of, like what you explained before, you kind of walk around going, why is everyone else going about their business? Do they not know the world has fundamentally shifted? How is everyone normal? I don't get it. Do they not understand? And it's kind of a bit the same um, when a relationship ends. There's a huge amount of grief. And I thought I'd already grieved him. And then I grieved the loss of our marriage. And then in September 2019, he died. (laughs) And it was a whole other level of grief. Um, He died when he was on holidays in India. He was in relapse. And I just don't even... As a parent, it's like his kids at that stage were eight, seven, and five. Wow. And I had to figure out how to manage my own grief and theirs. And I was delivering programs live. Um, I had just launched a, a, a brand new program. Actually, it was the second time I ran it called Ready for Change. So the business shifted from being food-based to being more sort of some mindset tools because I realized like basically the way you eat, it's mostly, it's mostly, yeah, a lot of it is what we think yeah. and, you know, it's mindset really at the end of the day, everything's mental. Um, So I I was sort of helping people with that. It was really successful. I was having the best year in business I had ever had. We made over a million dollars that year in in business. And and then suddenly like, what? Yeah, wow. What, What the hell? How do I do this? I don't know how to do this. Where's the roadmap? Why hasn't someone told me that, you know, this business that I'd set up thank god I did because thank god you know when he was working and the kids were little I had a crack at putting a blog together and started showing up and started to work out how to monetize it because now that's what supports our family you know um but at the time I just thought oof how how am I going to do this yeah and uh there's a few things that really helped me at that time um, I remember we actually had, I was turning 40. He died about just just almost two weeks before my 40th birthday. And I had a trip to Bali booked for myself and the kids. So it was their first overseas holiday. And I was gifting myself this because it had been a really tough year. <clears throat> you know, it had been tough. And and he, he died on uh, September 13 and we were due to leave on, I think it was September the 18th. Wow. So we found out he died on the Saturday and like four days later I got on a plane with my kids to wow. Bali. He, we couldn't have a funeral quickly anyway because he had to be repatriated. So... 
that's this is the first thing that I really realized then was um we were grieving I mean we were reeling I I was on the floor I I think mum had to help me pack up the suitcases but I knew that we should have this time together and being connected to my kids through the grief, allowing them to see me grieve, allowing space for them to grieve, plus having a really great time. Isn't that interesting? It's so weird, isn't it? Like having this, well, what, well, yes, it's grief and joy. We don't, and and I realised then, and I, I'm so glad I recognised it early, was that when you're grieving, it actually doesn't mean you have to dial down everything else that's good. Mm. Because the day that we went to, you know, water bomb and were on the water slides and doing all that stuff, we had, I had a sore jaw because I laughed so much and we had so much fun. And I think there's a part of us that can feel like we owe our grief full attention Mm. but we also owe our humanness the chance to feel light to enjoy things as well and it didn't mean the grief went away it just meant that we allowed space for joy as well so the kids and I because kids can't stay stuck in something they're they're looking for good times I mean we were in a brand new place. I will never forget the image of my daughter who was five doing water aerobics um, in the pool with all the old people and she's just going for it. And I just sat there in wonder and in one half of my heart was just shattered thinking, oh, my God, her dad is never going to see this again. And then the other part of me was like, Look at the, like, I feel almost wondrous about the ability for the human spirit to Mm -hmm. find joy and to just, like, look at this magical moment, you know. And I was like, I felt contradicted. But I, you know, I think you just have to allow it all. So that would be the other thing too is, like, as a business person, I felt straight away like guilty because I I was delivering a program live. It was four weeks and I was delivering live calls and we had a Facebook group and there was probably like, I don't know, for the, uh, that was probably around 400 people were yeah. in that program and they'd paid and they wanted me. And I think we forget sometimes that we get to be human Mm. in our businesses. 100%. And that our clients want to see you be human. As human. It would have felt very strange for them if I'd been like, hey, guys, all right, it's time for module two. Like, can you even? (laughs) They would have just been like, yeah, it would be fake. You can swear all you like. It's all good. It would have totally been fake. Because when we allow our humanness, we allow others Mm. to be human too. Like I am just going to have to put a pause on this for a moment 
while I get myself together. It matters to me that you get value for money and that you get the best experience possible. I'm going to need to take a breather here just for, you know, two weeks. And then, and I think as leaders, that's good leadership. Mm. I think it's old school. Like it's so capitalist boringness to be a robot, to be someone who has no life, who has no feelings. The future of leadership is human. And I think that there is so much that um, that that experience of big grief has taught me about leadership because Mm -hmm. everything in me wanted to keep going. Everything in me was scared out of her mind that, I was about to fall off the edge. How was I going to feed my family if I didn't have this business? Yeah. How am I going to show up when I am this sad? Mm. And so that's when you need to get a bit strategic. You need to actually get strategic in your life and your business. So one of the first things I did when um, when Nick left was... I hired a housekeeper. She would come in once a week. I would call her my angel. She would come in three hours on a Tuesday, which was the day before the cleaners came and tidy my house. Love it. Go through my pantry, go through my fridge. Um, She created systems for things. She moved around some furniture because that's who she is. She just would sweep in. That, the money that I spent on that, had just, I mean, a ridiculous amount of of benefits. And I think as women, we can think we have to hold it all together. But in fact, our strength comes from letting the shit go that we don't actually have to do. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah. It's such an interesting space because it's like, Everything you've just said, I have like, as as you're speaking, I'm like having all these other memories come back through, right? Like just like the beauty of kids and how they can shift from one thing to the other. Like I was surrounded by nieces and nephews. I don't have kids of my own, but surrounded by nieces and nephews when, when my dad died and they were very close to him. Like they were called him Poppy. And it was such an interesting space of like seeing them experience their parents have grief mm. and the confusion and the um, lack of understanding. Mm. It was such an interesting space. Like I remember my nephew actually coming to me and he he had walked into the house and everyone's really sad. We were planning the funeral and going through all of that. And he walked into the house and he's like, you know, Poppy's dead. (laughs) And I'm like, I couldn't help but like giggle a little bit because I was like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Like, But it was this, this space of like curiosity that he was like, okay, this is making sense now. I'm coming back to Poppy's house and he's not here. Yeah. Like, okay, this is how we deal. It was so interesting, but also seeing the joy that they could have in different experiences, like it wasn't happening around them either. It was so interesting. Oh, I just, I know. I remember watching my kids. I mean, even at his funeral, the youngest one, she thinks she understood. She didn't. I mean, I, she was like, mommy, is there food? <laughs> And I'm like, well, just let's just keep listening to this as like the montage is going and I'm bawling yeah. my eyes out. But, you know, then some of my the my 
kids' friends came along and they were all outside playing yeah. afterwards. And I, I learned a lot through watching them. I think we can get quite attached to mm. having to feel a certain way or we find it hard to shift as adults out of particular mood states. Mm. And what they're really good at is just shifting their attention onto something that makes them feel good. And, you know, this is something that I talk about all the time in my business because we actually have the choice to do that. Now, I think that a lot of us have been doing a lot of humaning the last few years um, and recognising that sometimes those simple practices can feel unavailable and that's okay like it's okay to be in a spot where you're like all right all all the old tools not working I don't want to shift myself out of this I want to allow myself to feel sad and I think that's the other thing that really helped in business for a long time I start I I went in I went straight into over functioning so I did not handle it like if I look back I, I would do things differently um, but then everything's perfect. So I don't, I'm not hard on myself. It was a lesson I had to to learn, but I was like, right, this has happened. I've got to get my kids through this. I've got to get my business through this. I'm like, I, yeah, I, and it was, it was that. And I, I mean, I had practiced over-functioning. I'd been doing it for a very long time, like self-sufficient to a fault, And then things started to fall apart. I mean, actually, I found 2022 my hardest year. So, Mm -hmm. yep, 2020, so I live in Melbourne. And, um, I mean, he died (laughs) September 2019. And then when was our first lockdown here? Like March or something. So I did that year of his firsts. God. Locked down uh we didn't have our people and it was horrible yeah and yet I kept going my my best year of business revenue wise was 2020 and uh I I was doing way too much yeah I was running a mastermind I was running a low-level membership I was running I was doing live launches. I was running a group coaching program. I mean, what? <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to distract myself and I thought I could continue doing what I do because it had been hard before and I'd managed it. And then um, things just started to not flow. Mm. Um, and unless like it's going to catch you is what I would say to business people. It will catch you. Grief can't, it's not, you're either going to just allow yourself to feel like real crap for a while, feel the hardest feelings, or you're going to, like it's going to happen sooner or later. So, so yeah, like I, I thought I could kind, I thought I was managing it. And then I just realized I was kind of ignoring. I didn't want to feel the depth. Yeah. I literally like see myself in that. Absolutely. I was exactly the same. Like I think I took a couple of weeks off. I think I took maybe three weeks off my business and had 
gone through, like my dad was really sick for a long time and I went down to my parents' house to actually help him through for quite a few months beforehand. So I was running my business in the house while he was terminal. And so it was like I was actually grieving in that period of time before he actually passed. And so I remember reading a book towards the end where they spoke about the society's definition of the length of grief Mm. and how like we can actually choose like what if that actually that definition wasn't around like how much time should you grieve for right like there's this society's expectation around how long you should be sad for and I think that reading that book and changing my concept or perspective of how long you should grieve for allowed me to actually bring in the polarity of of our other experiences of emotion right Mm -hmm. so bringing that joy and allowing that to be okay because I think that for many years beforehand it was like that expectation that if you've had a loss it should look like you've had a loss for a long period of time. Mm, yeah. Right? Where does that concept even come from? But yet there's other other cultures that don't have that long expectation of grief. Mm. Interesting. I don't think we do rituals very well no, here. That's true. I don't think we really allow space for the depth of feeling when we're feeling it. Mm. And if we did things might be a bit different. I think also, um, I mean, for me at that stage, I very much felt like, uh, you know, you know that feel like when someone has suffered, when like life was really, really hard for him at the end. And there was a part of me that was peaceful about the fact he was he was free of that, desperately sad for everything that we'd lost and that it actually happened. I think I was just in deep shock for a while. Um, and then and then it was like, so I thought if I feel peaceful and I can see that everything's going to be okay, maybe I don't have grief or maybe I don't. Have, I mean, what the hell? <laughs> it's funny. We just... <laughs> Honestly, I now say to my friends, this grief is the gift that keeps on giving. And I think that is what we need to expect is that um, it's not a one and done, like not a I've dealt with it. I'll look at all this stuff I've moved through with my therapist. I'll look at me enjoying life more than I'm crying. Like I, I used to wonder if there would be days where I wouldn't cry anymore because everything made me sad. Um, and now <laughs> I'm like three years on and it's still there. Yeah. It's still, it's just a different layer of it. But what I think happens, this was a brilliant analogy that was shared with me in the beginning. And I think um, it brought me peace. And I know it now to be true. I don't know if you if this is the same as you, but um, in the beginning, it you know they talk about waves of grief, but it really did feel like I was in these really choppy waters, and I was like just trying to keep my head sort of up, and then and then I'd be like a paddle, 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 smash, and I'd be smashed by the waves so hard it would take me so long to find my feet and my breath again, and. What happened over time was I still felt the waves. 
I still feel the waves. I mean, my son's about to graduate grade six and I don't even know how to be peaceful about the fact that his dad isn't there. What the hell? Like, it's still sad. I will still cry all the time and the wave will come and it won't be as high. And I might be knocked off my feet for a minute, but it's okay. I can, I know how to get back on my feet again. There's an amazing um, sense of knowing your edges when you've experienced big grief and that you can come back to base. And when you're in the thick of it, it feels like you'll never be able to come back to base. It feels like, nope, um, not available this is what life is going to be now like you're just going to be in it <laughs> but yeah but then it just passes like it's so then it passes and the way but the waves will still come when we've loved hard we will feel grief and I don't want to go through a life where I don't love people hard um but I think knowing that 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 constant crashing is going to happen and it might happen at unexpected times. And this is where the strategic in your business, like automating what you can, batch producing while you're feeling good, um, creating space, like just space because grief needs space. Like you're just going to try to outrun it and you can't. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh slowing things down to a point where it allows your business to keep operating but you're not going to expect more from yourself than what you're capable of delivering and I know for me I felt like not only did I have expectations around what I needed to do to keep a business running my, I felt like my people, my community had an expectation of what I needed to do to be worth sticking around for and buying from. Mm. And there were lots and lots of subconscious stories there that I had to really look at and go, actually, that's bullshit. That's bullshit too. Um, right. What's actually going to work for me right now? Mm. I, and I think as as business people, that's something we should constantly be thinking about anyway. Totally agree. I totally agree. Like we could have so many subconscious stories that are playing out that are absolutely there's zero truth to it, there's zero fact to it. And I felt the same way, like it was releasing that expectation of how I expected myself to be in that yeah. experience. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like I released that expectation that this year was going to be a big year for me. Right? Yes. So good. I, you're like it's going to be the best year it's going oh, to be yeah and I'm oh like God. Oh, it's not happening this year last year I shut down my membership and I shut down my mastermind because I couldn't be in all the spaces mm. and I just decided to do smaller things but what ended up happening was this year has been this year everything crashed I think the kids went back to school and I had held it together for so long. Yeah, yeah. I just was desperately holding it together. Those lockdowns in Melbourne, three kids in primary school. Can't even. It was, it was a really dark time. It was re- people in Melbourne are not okay. Mm. 
like there is a lot of trauma around what happened the last two years. Huge. And it's actually very real. It's having real implications for, I mean, teens, there's just a story, friends who've got teenage kids and I mean, oh, it's just, I, I think we'll be recovering for a few years. And so this year what happened. Like a generation, like a COVID generation that had like that grief and loss of that, like their life experience just was completely stint, like stalled, what's the word, stalled, right? Like not having to have those life experiences of having your dances at school or sports experiences, like so many different parts of their life were completely stalled. Like I absolutely agree. I think there's going to be like a COVID generation that comes out of Melbourne for sure. I but like it, it was continued grief. Mm. So I remember when they cancelled the kids' um, school production, which is held at the Palais Theatre every two years. They had been practising when they were at school and they were trying to continue the rehearsals on Zoom. I mean, I feel sick about it. It was just awful. And um, and the day that they said, you know, we, we can't do it, that's that's grief. It was just like rolling freaking grief for two years, ins and outs. Ins, we're back. We're not back. Oh, my God. I mean, I remember my partner, I had organised this huge big thing for his 50th and um, and the Thursday morning, it was a weekend away and it was, um, you know, his friends coming down. I'd hired a house, private chef. Uh, I mean, there were all these activities planned. It was it was going to be amazing. And the Thursday morning, they said there will be no lockdown. Literally about four hours later, there will be a lockdown on the Thursday and everything was kicking off the Friday. And I'd hired a car to take us down there and everything was just cancelled. I was so sad. And we have to pick ourselves back up and try to keep going. And, and you know, at some point, our humanness overrides our ability to bounce back. And I think a lot of people have experienced that in 2022. Yeah, I experienced that this year. So all of my coping abilities, all of my creating space, automating what I can, shutting things down, lowering expectations, doing all of that, suddenly I was just like, I don't even know who I am, what's just happened? And it was like this next level of things happened um, for me this year. And as a business owner, I have never, ever, um had like my business has always been able to pay for itself this year I had to support my business and that was a really hard thing to do because but I realized that everything's seasons and when you're in business you're going to experience you know it all spring, <laughs> springtime where it's all just like yeah 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 Oh yeah, amazing. Um, and you know, the flowers are blooming and it's all feeling positive and hopeful. And then we're gonna have summertime where we're just like, you know, we're visible and we're out there and everything feels free and easy. And then, I mean, the leaves fall off the trees sometimes and things get scary and it's autumn, and then sometimes it's winter. And in the winter, you just want to hibernate. You are an actual person who is, you know, the season of winter in business is so hard because it's scary 
And if you are running your own thing and it relies on your energy and your ideas and creativity and you are going through a void of that, it can feel so scary. I was scared this year. I didn't know whether I could keep going because mm. I just felt like I, I lost it after all that grief, after all that hard time. I don't know what it was 2022 was the year that it came, that it that it felt realized in my business. And so what I decided to do this year was strip everything back. I, I decided to create programs where there was no live element. I created audio programs, 30-day audio programs, where when I was feeling my best, I just, you know, would create these experiences and we have the best completion rates of programs that I've ever created since I adopted audio. Um, I also allowed space for something new to come in. So I knew that there was so much of the, the signature program that I had created that needed upgrading. And it felt like a massive job. And I felt disconnected from it. And I knew I needed to give myself space to see what was coming through. And that was honestly traumatic because yeah. I am someone who likes to just go. Yeah. But it wasn't just, it wasn't coming. There were so many little bits that needed to land and I needed to give it the space. And so I thought, right, like I'm going to need to support the business through this winter mm. because at my core, I am, this is, this business is what I do. This mm. business is an amazing vehicle for earning money, for helping people, for my creativity. And I and where I'm at right now is this amazing place where I can see really, really clearly what I'm here to do. And the grief has played a massive part in finding that. I think we have to allow ourselves to evolve because just like parenthood is a like a super speed of personal growth business ownership is like what i mean we are we are pushed we are we're so outside our comfort zone so often we cannot help but grow grief is like a different beast because it's sneaky. You feel like you're lost to it. You feel like it's got you. You feel like there is no growth because everything feels stagnant as you're heavy, like you're heavier than usual. It's not It's not a light feeling. But what I've realized is that winter, that season has so many gifts attached and it can be really hard to notice them when you're yeah. in it. But I I am fundamental. Like, I don't even know who I was four years ago. It's funny like, if, you, if you scroll back, like, so I went like on a deep dive of Lisa. Oh, God. <laughs> and like, but like, if you scroll back beyond 2019, like, it is a completely fundamental shift of two different people. Like, it's so interesting to see. And you're so right. Like, I feel like as you were speaking, then you're absolutely speaking to my soul, but it is a completely different evolution and you can't rush it, right? Like I think. Oh God, if only we could, it would right? be so much easier. 
and you just can't rush it. And I feel like I've had so many moments of that this year where it's like this slowing down, this forced slowdown and mm. this evolution of it didn't come from, oh, ideas and then let's implement those ideas. It was like the space, like the way that you just described that was perfect of like this, you just have to give it space and time. And I think that as high achievers, we have that expectation that you you don't have space and time and you're doing right. it all very fast. And I think that that space is like that forced evolution. And it's like an undertone, isn't it? Like it's like this grounded undertone of, of emotion. It's very different to other development. Like is that- It really is. And I, I mean, I remember saying to her, I just want to get back to the old Lisa. I just want to get back to the person who didn't know that this could be so bad. You know, I I think my there was a naivety that I had about life. And that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> it was beautiful. But I think that, and I, I'm like, I just, maybe my business won't work anymore if I'm not that version of me. And then I just realised that, no, nah, that's a total story. And that, you know, that was why I ended up sharing a little bit more about grief was because I actually think it's probably the most mm, not unifying. I mean, I was told once by someone, like, because I'm a big storyteller in my marketing it's really how I have built my business is telling stories and um, someone told me once what's most personal is most general and we all know that anyone who posts on social media knows whenever we're sharing something more personal whether it's a relate like whether we've experienced the same thing or not we know the feeling and what grief gave me what losing Nick gave me was um just a deeper level of empathy I am a better business owner I am better at um understanding people I have compassion uh for others that I don't think I have before. Yeah, I don't think anything had really gone so horribly wrong in my life. And that makes me better, mm. better at my job. And I do think that um, we don't have to think maybe you're you're the same, you know, as a part of groups and, and had coaches and mentors who now actually see it a little bit gaslighty in some ways the level of um I don't know how to explain it but you know like I mean obviously I help people with mindset and you you know you do too but um like are you in regards to like talking about an emotion and then shutting it down almost I think that there's a lot of people who are just like that that toxic positivity yeah yeah, yeah like it doesn't doesn't have to worry you so just don't worry about it yeah. or um like I, I think that yes. as we grow as as coaches or you know people who are out there 
if you don't understand neurodiversity and that some things are just not going to be accessible to other people, uh, if you don't understand trauma and the role that it plays in our responses, you can actually be doing damage. 100%. And, and I think I think that's what I mean when I say that uh, I look for people now who've experienced hard things because this just, it grows you. And I, I can't relate to people now. I mean, I look at some coaches out there and they've got very small children and I'm like, oh, I see exactly what you're doing. I, I can see you just trying to keep going and expressing that it's all good all roses <laughs> like oh I can see it in your eyes Fuck <laughs> off. no don't give it like I think oh I think there's a recalibration going on in the industry I think it's a very very good thing yeah. um because whoa there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there so yeah for me right now it's actually kind of harder to find that next level mentor or or coach because I'm looking for something different. I'm different. And I think it's also the the level of awareness of using emotion. Like I feel like it's often sometimes when we just teach mindset, it's ignoring the emotional, the power of emotion and actually allowing yourself to feel it. Like I feel like that's been my biggest lesson in this journey. And it's only been a year for me, but like the biggest lesson is actually allowing the space to feel it and giving myself the time and space to actually feel it. And I feel like that's also impacted me as a coach that you're right. Like, it's not just let's deal with the emotion. Like let's actually sit with it and it's not a bad right. and just be with the emotion. And I think one of the biggest things that I feel like has come through with what you're sharing today is the lack of judgment on feeling it right. Like there's this expectance of yes you're going to have the waves but there's no judgment on the waves yeah right like I think that's one of the biggest things is if you if you judge yourself for feeling the way that you're feeling you're missing the whole point right yep I totally agree um something that I've taught for a long time is you know watch the meaning that you give things so you know like this year in in business I was like you know I could make this mean I'm failing or I could make this mean this is a season Mm. and that um, we'll ride this season so that we can move through things, get the lessons and create from a new honest space. I can't continue to do things the way I did them because I'm different and allowing business evolution to follow personal evolution I think is really important. Everyone is changing. Our our clients and community are changing. We're changed. Like things are moving at a really, really fast rate. I think almost gone are the days where you can have like a signature program that's going to be able to be rolled out for the next five years. I mean, it's just, it sort of feels ridiculous. But so I think, you know, being a bit more nimble, allowing whatever is coming through without judgment is is key and also I would say taking really really good care of yourself like that's the thing that I think um 
you know, I, I think that we can lose sight of how simple it can be sometimes yeah, we might to go. feel fun, to experience pleasure. Um, I used to have a saying like when the going gets tough, the tough get juicing because I would be like, right, okay, um, mama's not okay, so what do I need? And juice could be like, you know, anything that's really going to fill my cup anything that's going to make life easier, anything that's going to nourish me. Um, And sometimes that would be ordering a karmic cleanse juices. I just used to, I never used to starve myself, but I just drink these juices. And it was just a way for me to go, you need a little bit extra. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest thing with grief is that you can't just go back to, you can't have a couple of weeks off and then go back to running exactly the way that you were running before, right? Like it's this, whole other space. And I was helping a client through this earlier this year. And it's like, she was like trying to push, 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 push it all. And I was like, if I said to you tomorrow, you're going to take the whole day off just to feel and to maybe just go and do things that make you feel good. What would you do? And she was like, I don't even know what feels good anymore. This is honestly, this is my business. This is what I'm helping people with now. So, I mean, I created the change room, which is my new brand. And because I'm like, you know what? There's no, there's no pill we can swallow. There's no, um, there's no one way to do anything, but there is, there is the ability to try some things on because I deal with women who are really stuck in overwhelm and disconnected from themselves. They give their lives to everyone and everything outside of them and so we need to find ways to just kind of come back into ourselves and um I was looking around at the personal development industry and just thinking oh god that's so gross oh my god that just what I mean do people actually really believe this stuff and I think a lot of people came online during the COVID years and were just like and I just kept on looking around going this isn't honest and so with the change room, I was like, you know, we need to, we need something really honest and um, that meets people where they're at and actually uses everything that I've learned about subconscious, everything that I've learned about behavior change, everything I've learned about where women are at and what actually makes a difference in their lives. And I cannot tell you how many times when I talk about, like I did a survey recently, it was called the survey on women. And that it, it blew my mind. Um, but one of the questions was about when you do get me time. So I was wanting to find out how much time they feel like they've got for themselves. Vast majority were under four hours per week, per wow. week, per week. And then when I said, when you do get the me time, what do you do? And the top two answers, which was about 70% of women said they don't know what to do so they waste it on social media like scrolling their devices or they don't know what to do so they do work or chores my god (laughs) women we, we, we don't know what to do to make ourselves happy or to feel good and so that's a really huge part and so in in the change room one of our basics is pleasure like just try it on and we we apply it to different areas of our lives like in the morning what might actually feel good 
like what do you might it be nice and it's it's not prescriptive I think that there's so much prescriptive advice out there that does not work for everyone and then we just end up feeling worse about ourselves because we're like I I'm terrible I couldn't follow that to a T because there's I mean perfectionist tendencies amongst people but for women who are used to giving to everyone else for saying yes to things that they wish they weren't saying yes to to you know not honoring what they what they need because they don't even actually know what that is sometimes we just need a place to start and and I think what happened to me was I was on this trajectory of a baseline feel good like I'm a naturally optimistic upbeat kind of person and so what I was doing was creating from that space, like to just feel even better. And I was missing a huge chunk of people and who were like, uh, I want to, I just can't get started. I just, just don't give me the first step. Yes. And so throughout this year of really realising like, uh, I don't have it. I don't have that that version of me, I don't know where she's gone. I was able to really look and see these are the things, these are the six most important things that I will always come back to and that helped me get, like, move through. And, you and you know, so when I talk about gifts of grief, I've created the best program I've ever created in my life that has the potential to impact so many more people and it's coming probably from the most genuine, honest place that I've ever created. And um, and it took space to be able to do that. So, um, you know, really making sure you've got good support in your business, um, knowing when someone isn't right and being able to shift that. I mean, I have had to learn a few lessons this year. Um, <laughs> and simplifying everything to the max to allow space just simplifying wherever you can I remember once it was actually my financial advisor he was like Lisa okay we've been talking about this for a little bit you know and I just said sometimes it's just feeling really heavy the business he's like right draw a line in the middle of a page and put what feels good and is lighting you up here and what feels heavy and is dragging you down over here love it come back to me and like he's known me for a long time this guy and uh like he's the brother-in-law of my ex-boyfriend I had when I was like 19 anyway um lovely guy best advice I looked at this and thought that's not the business I want to be running nope 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 this stuff feels really heavy this stuff feels free and easy and fun. And when we're more in that zone, better stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there are ways to simplify a business and cut back on things that aren't working anymore. And I reckon that's the hardest thing. Sometimes we have to cut back on things that are working because they're just not right anymore. And that's tough. That's what I have found toughest. I think it's also that lowering or the, the shift in doing things because you think you have to. And also like, I feel like one of the biggest lessons that I took from grief is like my <laughs> given less, less fucks to things I used to give fucks to for one, but like, it was a liberation of like, 
I know my bandwidth. My bandwidth isn't what it used to be. And so I'm not mm. willing to say yes to this or I'm not willing to do these things. I'm not willing to just even give a flying fuck about this thing anymore. Yep. Yep. Like, I, think I, I mean, yes, 100%. I shut down a successful higher level group coaching part of my business because I was having to do quite a lot of the calls at nighttime because that's what suited my audience better. But it was so stressful for me to get the kids down. They hated it when I would have to come up and do these calls. Oftentimes I'd be like footsteps coming upstairs and like either having to say, just hold on a minute or just like kind of going, and my other one of my daughters was trying to take care of the other one. And it was like, actually, no, no, I can't. This is not working for me at this stage of life. And I I think when we give ourselves permission to create a business on our terms, like it's extraordinary what can happen. That audio program, we just I created it, I thought of it, I created it, and we sold it. Two weeks later, it was for sale. And we sold something like at close to 900 of these things just without any ads or anything. I was like, oh. It can be a bit easier. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then people are off and they've got the best of me in their ears every single day. And it, I didn't have to incorporate any of the things. Like I will not create a Facebook group ever again. I will no. not do Facebook groups. <laughs> Of, we started on the circle app because I actually think community matters. Um, but no, I will not do, I will not be drawn into Facebook for my business anymore. No. Love it. Love it. It's just gives the opportunity to just let stuff go. Like, nah, it's going to be I felt life. the same as you. I remember doing a story after Nick died and I was like, oh my God, just things might get a bit weird around here because what actually fucking matters anymore? Yeah, yeah. Like 100%. what actually matters? What are we, and we, most of us start businesses for flexibility, for freedom, for, you know, doing things on our terms. And then we can lock ourselves away into ideas of how it needs to be done. When you get those life moments of reevaluation, take it. Yeah. 100%. I, I do the same thing still. Like I remember like a few weeks after, or even the last, like the few months afterwards, I was like, if I don't want to jump on stories, I'm not fucking jumping on stories. Like I'm not posting today and I don't care. Like yeah. literally was doing that. And then I feel like I've taken that into this year as well. Like even back in early October, late September, it was a massive month. I was doing a lot of traveling, had retreats, like all this stuff. And I think I didn't post for two or three weeks straight. And I was like, oh, well. <laughs> Because right. otherwise I'd be just be posting for the heck of just being of posting, which doesn't serve anybody, right? And oh. so I think that that's a beautiful lesson to take away from that. It's like, like, let's just do what feels good and let that work for us, right? Like give yourself the space, feel it all, and just allow yourself to do what feels good for you. Yeah, recognize you've got a choice hmm. and take personal responsibility for your own well-being because that's all that actually matters. Yeah. I mean, I remember getting shingles in 2017 and my coach at the time was like, you're just not, you're not being responsible for yourself. I'm like, fuck you. You've got no kids. You don't like, you're not supporting a partner. I just moved into state, moved us into a new house, got childcare, kinder, school sorted. You know, Nick was in rehab. Uh, I mean, it was 
a mental time and I got shingles and he told me I wasn't taking personal responsibility and I wanted to slap him. And then I realized, well, yeah, who else is going to take care of me? Who else is going to say, this is enough now? I have no more capacity. Who else is going to put me to bed instead of keep me up on my, you know, laptop working? Who who else is going to, you know, make sure that my body is getting what my body needs to get? I'm the one who needs to have boundaries. I'm the one who needs to call in support and, you know, really think that that is key for so many of us. We are so self-sufficient. We are so used to doing things on our own. We are so used to being trailblazers and leaders and it can feel like we're um, not as strong or failing if we ask for help. There is literally no way I could have got through the last few years without learning how to ask for help. And recognizing that um, people really genuinely want to give it, um, and it feels yeah. like allow them to feel good by giving, right? And so right. it feels good. That's why you do it so much, so often, <laughs> right? And so you know, I I just think that I needed to learn how to um, be responsible for what I could be responsible for, and a lot of the time that was learning how to say no and learning how to ask for help. Yeah, nice. Amazing. My goodness, we could keep talking about this all day, uh, but I feel like we need to wrap things up a little bit. So I'd love to, you know, last couple of questions. I'd love to know what would you like others to to know about grief and running a business? Like if they're thinking that maybe like they could be in a situation where they know they're about to lose someone because, you know, they may be sick or whatever, or it could be just like a lesson that, you know, we're all going to experience it at some point. So what what would you like someone to know about grief and running a business? I think that uh, you need good support in your business. So have good SOPs, have, you know, make sure that there's people who can come in and and fill in for you. Expect you aren't going to be able to show up in the same capacity. Just expect that. Lower the expectations that you have of yourself. It's okay to not feel okay. Okay. Uh, be honest about it with your clients. They will appreciate it. Set up some really hardcore boundaries for yourself around your work. So don't just don't fill the space with work so that you don't feel your feelings. You know, baths became the place where I would go to cry, um, to just lie in it allow myself to feel totally horrible and then it would be like the I would let the water take my grief I will give it to the water and it was this just beautiful act of you know being in it and then also letting it go so find rituals that work for you um don't rush yourself through it um and don't pretend everything's okay when it's not self-deception is real I think for business owners in lots of different areas don't like allow this to be the place where you get to know yourself even more because you'll end up being a better business owner for it Mm. oh so good so good and I feel like there's the element of what you're also getting to it's almost like don't rush the lessons either like the lessons will come but I think sometimes we're so quick to try and make a lesson happen. Oh, and there's times that I think I have shared like 
you know, great, I got through the first year, all my lessons, but it's like, well done me, I've got through the hardest. I'm like, why is this still hard? Why is this still revealing itself to me? Like, I don't know if I'll ever be over it. It's just part of the fabric of who I am. Acceptance is everything. Meeting myself and loving myself for the messiness has, I reckon, been one of the biggest things because I don't like seeing myself in mess. I don't like not having my shit together. I don't like not being able to show up for my children, for myself, for my community. And I have had to learn to love that part of me too. And um, and that was not easy. But mm. ultimately, I have just the, a rocking relationship with myself. Yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like that's impacted your business in such a powerful way. Like, I feel like that's why I felt so connected to you because of that as well. Like that without that, like, imagine if this hadn't have happened, like who you would be right now. Like, <laughs> I'm just, it was so, so hard. It was so hard. It still is hard. It's hard. And, um, and yet I'm Okay. And I think that's probably what I would want people to know. They will be okay. It sucks. And you can handle it. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Let's end it there. Because honestly, like, that's the best piece of advice that I think you could ever give someone, right? Like, it's hard and that's okay. Let it be hard. And Just you're gonna, let it be hard. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing so openly and honestly with us today, Lisa. It's been absolutely magical. I appreciated the conversation. It was nice to talk about. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.